Good evening, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to your scheduled programming every Friday night. We love it. We love it. We got the one and only Charlotte Larson coming on the show today. Yes. If you don't know who that is, trust me, you will by the end of this interview. I mean, seriously, she does it all. Writer, producer, director, actress. She's everywhere. Everything. She's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. She's honestly really inspirational, especially for the up-and-comers trying to break into it. I mean, it shows. She is epitome of someone who... You don't have to just be an actor to try to break into the entertainment industry. You can do so many other things. There's like behind the camera work, there's directing, editing, all this good stuff. So, I mean, she is definitely epitome of that, and I can't wait to the up and comers hear this mm, one. Me too, me too. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. But now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly! It is 1.31 this week, and we're super duper excited because we're back on camera. Yes, back on camera. Oh, I know you guys missed our faces. I know. You couldn't stand not seeing us. I know. I, I, it's, it's, but, I mean, we've got back. We've gotten all the freaking interaction <laughs> over Instagram and Twitter. They're like, where are you guys at? Where are you guys at? Right. We were taking care of ourselves. We were taking care of ourselves. Because <laughs> you got to do that sometimes. Exactly. I mean, exactly. No. But 1.31, man. And we got a lot to talk about. I mean, the Emmys Ooh. were last week, so we're going to be talking about those a little bit. Uh, we're going to be talking about, of course, Marvel, Disney, Star Wars, all these amazing things, Warner Brothers. Like, there's some stuff happening with DC as well. So, I mean, rocking and rolling with all that. But, of course, before we get to all this started, you know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? Oh, boy, oh, boy. I'm sure everybody has seen if you are following us, and if you're not following us, be sure to follow us at Crazy Ant Media and ItCap Podcast. Um, our contest, end of the summer contest giveaway. We're super, mm. it's super duper excited about about that now to win guys you got to be sure to follow five accounts crazy and media like i just told you it cap podcast like i just told you the one and only jeremy gordon yes myself jlo fantastic and the man himself over here crazy ant guy 1970 that's right that's right and what will you win you ask well it's going to be a grand prize of a one hour zoom conversation with hollywood casting director himself jeremy gordon i mean Epic. Epicness. Absolutely epic, guys. The amount of information that you can get from him in one hour, and it's free for all. You can ask him anything, anything. you want, you know, about breaking into the industry. How do I audition? Should I do a self-tape? What's a good for a live read? What's do's? What's don'ts? What should I wear? What color should I have behind me when I do it? Like, Anything and everything you want to know, Jeremy Gordon will answer for you. It's, I mean, invaluable. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. We've gotten so many people that have entered the contest so far, and we appreciate all of those. But the contest ends next Friday, October 2nd, guys. So be sure to enter and comment on a uh, promotional post so that we know that you are now entered into the contest. I'm super excited for whoever wins. And Jeremy, if you're listening, I'm super excited for whoever gets to talk to you. he's He's pretty excited about whoever he gets to talk to he he really is man super epic super epic but you know before we get this thing started we gotta plug our merchandise website www.crazyantmedia.com be sure to head over there and click on the merchandise tab and then scroll at the bottom and click shop now you get redirected to our Spreadshirt website and man we got some new designs up there right now super excited about those we've already gotten i mean like i said in a promotional post about it this past week 
Our sales have gone up 60%. Yes. Insane, guys. We appreciate everybody who has been purchasing a item. I mean, you guys are amazing. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And if you guys are already entered into the contest and following Jeremy, you saw he was rocking the honorary Crazy Ant t-shirt. He was. You know, in a, I mean, how good did that shit look, right? You know you want one of those. Hell yeah. You want to be an honorary Crazy Ant? Exactly. Exactly, man. But, ooh, let's get started. I mm. mean, the biggest thing of this past week was the Emmys. Yes. Oh, man. But, I mean... I don't know why. I don't know why. Even the year before, without Corona, it was still suffering a uh, it's true. a watch low, an all-time low. But now again, this year, another all-time low for the second year in a row. Only 6.1 million total viewers. Yeah. That's crazy. That's dropping 12% from last year. Yeah, yeah. Now, we should say from 2018 to 2019 was a 33% drop, so the 12% was a little bit better, but I I don't know, man. I'm kind of disappointed because I watched it. I didn't know what to expect with the whole COVID thing. I thought Jimmy Kimmel did a really good job. I think so, too. And for the situation the way it was and how everything, I thought it was pretty damn entertaining. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, it's true. The first hour literally was Shit's Creek Show. Um, you know, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Like, I mean, it, it was literally first hour comedy, half hour, back hour like drama. Like, yeah, they, I yeah. just feel like they should have mixed it up a little bit, made it a little bit more interesting. But I did like the 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 reactions from the people at home. Yeah, and you know, and the, and the little bit of speeches and, and the different things. I just. I don't know, man. Well, they're going to have to figure something out, though, because yeah. it, it has been steady dropping for the last several years. Yeah, so. it's quite unfortunate. I don't think we'll ever get to a point to where they just don't show the Emmys on television. Oh, yeah, no, so no, I don't, no. I don't think they got anything to worry about there, but like you said, need to figure something out because, I mean, it is very entertaining. I don't know why people don't watch it, but, to be honest, because, I mean, all these great shows that got nominated and or won, they're watching all those shows, so yeah. why not watch them win awards for them? Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, it's really interesting, man. It's really interesting. But a lot of of records were broken and or made. Yeah, you missed that if you didn't watch it. (laughs) There was history made. I mean, Zendaya. Yes. First of all, super freaking stoked about Zendaya. Huge congratulations. I loved Euphoria. Just a brilliant show. But Zendaya won, and this is great. She's the youngest actress to ever win Emmy for Best Actress in a Drama. That's amazing. Yeah, the youngest ever, and only the second black actress to ever win the award um obviously viola davis uh she won for how to get away with murder um back in 2015 but there you go it's amazing to me to think around how long the emmys have been around and there's only been two black actresses who have got some work to do man got some work to do but congrats zendaya well deserved yeah i mean i I think a lot of people were very starstruck and shocked by that one because i mean she was going up against some heavy hitters man like literally legends yeah literally so i mean i'm super excited for like I'm so, like, happy. And her reaction was just priceless. It was. I mean, it was just I think this is the first of many, many awards to come for her. I agree. I think her career has just taken off. Agreed, agreed. But, I mean, of course, it was either Succession or Schitt's Creek. The whole first hour, Schitt's Creek. Yes. Uh, became the first series to win every major comedy award. Yes, including the acting awards. Yeah. Like, like, and that's the first time that's happened. All in the Family came close way back in the 70s, but they didn't, they didn't run the gambit. But Schitt's Creek, be- everything, 
All nine categories that they were nominated in, they won. And all seven comedy categories, they won. Yeah. That's like unheard of. Super it's epic, just, man. And now they're going to be everywhere. Exactly. They're already on Netflix. I saw that they're going into syndication after the wins. And Comedy Central is going to show all of the seasons. That's epic. So like, I heard it's won, really good. Every, yeah, and you can watch it everywhere now. So exactly. that's great. That's exactly. Great. And I mean, we were talking about it. Big things for DC. Watchmen limited series, Mark. It's first ever comic book adaptation. And it took home the big prize for the limited series uh, award. Yep, so, I first mean, first comic book show to ever do it. Yeah. And uh, again, uh, I can't think of a better winner. The show was absolutely brilliant. A lot of people were uh, talking about it, and I'm, and really disappointed that it's not getting a second season. Yeah, and and so and by the way, that's not HBO's decision. That they. they they just aren't going to do it. The yeah. HBO, I'm sure, wants it as bad as everybody else mm. does. So I don't know. We'll have to keep track of it that. Maybe they, maybe they can lure him back. Yeah, maybe. 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 I mean, I could see it because, I mean, like I said, everybody's been talking about it, especially over Twitter. I mean, everybody knows that's where we're on the most. And, yeah, our feeds are just Watchmen, 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 Watchmen. Yes. But it's great. It's great. And like we were talking about earlier, making more of a push towards diversity and just equality in general. This is a record number of black actors that were both nominated and that won this year. So, I mean, obviously, they're working towards it. So, I mean, that's good. That's good. Without doubt, without doubt, they got a long way to go, but they're they're making steps. Exactly, they're working. I mean, Anthony you just got to show it. Anthony Anderson had a great little speech with Jimmy Kimmel about that. He said, "This was supposed to be the year when more people were nominated than ever before. This is going to be our show. We we're going to come out here and be like, wah!" And then COVID happened. We ain't in shit. We at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in the one year that they get the most nominations and the most wins, and they planned on running the house and celebrate, they couldn't do it. Yeah. So he went on this little rant about that and everything. And then, um, but it was well done i thought yeah. and entertaining even though like a serious message he was trying to convey still anthony anderson it was yeah. funny and you know good exactly stuff, good and stuff, i mean so. i was super happy to see uh tyler perry win the governor's award oh what? that was an amazing speech man about his uh, grandmother's quilt and like oh it was so <sighs> yeah, good yeah man and just not knowing the importance of something until yeah. well after and 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 I guess just emphasizing, you never know. So always take the time to exactly. pay attention and just, yeah. Again, well-deserved, man. This guy is just slaying right now. He is. He is. If you haven't listened to that speech, be sure to find it on YouTube somewhere. It's an amazing speech. It God, really is. All I say, every time we talk about Tyler Perry, all I can stress is the guy was in his car. Yeah. Okay? He went out. He was chasing his dreams. Everybody told him, no, never going to happen. Move on. Pass. See ya. No. And he said, I'm going to do it on my own then. Exactly. And now, <laughs> I mean, like, the guy's huge. Yeah. So that should inspire every one of you out there. Do like Tyler Perry. Exactly. Exactly. But with all this stuff happening, COVID, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody talking about it, COVID, <laughs> um, Disney. It, it has confirmed a few pushbacks on the release <sighs> calendars, uh, several major pushbacks on the release calendar yeah. talking about steven spielberg's west side story and i mean pixar's soul which might go to disney plus i mean that one's up in the air right now um but uh well west side story has been pushed back to december 10th of 2021 and soul is um apparently keeping its release date at november 20th we'll see what happens with that one right uh, free guy is now going to are staying at December 11th, and The Kingsman is being pushed to um, February 26th, or February 12th of 2021. Yeah, it got moved up a little bit. So, like, it's just crazy movement, though. Like, 
I, I I'm with you though. I thought I'm shocked by Soul. I thought that would be moved, but apparently they're going to try to keep that around the Christmas holiday to, to kind of maybe score off the off the holiday. Um, but like I said, we'll see because I mean they've been trying to do that with a lot of stuff, and I mean we see how that turned out. We've seen how that turned out. I it's mean, it true. Artemis Fowl and Mulan, and so it's just crazy time, man. It's a crazy time, and they have confirmed. We had some theories about it last week, but they have confirmed that Black Widow, Eternals, and Sang Chi uh, have all been pushed back from their release dates. Yeah, they weren't. They, they 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 while they'll take chances on Pixar and the other, they will never take chances on Marvel Studios. So they are not blowing any opportunity to full out be in theaters with Marvel movies. So they've decided to push those back. Um, this is crazy though. Black Widow, it'll literally be a year from when it was originally supposed to be released. Yeah. I mean, that is insane to me. Now, May 7th of 2021, Eternals, November 5th of 2021, and Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, July 9th of 2021. Um, they did say though that this will not impact any of the 2022 movies they are all on schedule they're all going to stay on the dates that they were supposedly supposed okay so the bad news is then this is the first time in 11 years that marvel will not have a movie released in the theaters Mm. the first time in 11 years that's the bad news the good news is is that next year and 2022 there will be four marvel movies in 2021 and four marvel movies in 2022 that's huge so you know you might not get any this year but you're gonna get a shit ton in the next couple of years so barring the covid yeah exactly i mean like i was gonna say depending on how everything goes with the release calendar and with covid and the theaters being opened back up i wouldn't be surprised if black widow gets put on disney plus just because everything's so up in the air like we've been talking about for months and months now everything's so up in the air and i mean it like year a year after it was supposed (laughs) to be released like that is absolutely insane and i mean all the nba players have already seen it so i mean i don't know I, I just, know. I just, I don't know. I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see it. So I, I think if anything, they'll do the premium thing like they did with Mulan. So we'll see. I hope not, but we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. I, I, I hope not either. I, I, I don't know. You just want to see it in theaters. I do. <laughs> I mean, I'm that guy. Would you see rather it. see it on Disney Plus and then never see it at all in theaters? No. Really? Yeah. You would just rather never see it at all. No, oh, you, I, no, I, I mean, I would not rather see it on Disney Plus than never see it in the theaters. I want to see it in the theaters. Yeah. I would but rather. But if you could, like, if they're going to shut down theaters altogether, well, would sure, you rather. If they, of, of course, if they shut down theaters <laughs> and there's no chance at it being in a theater, then of course I want to watch it I on Disney Plus. I think that's what might happen. I'm just but, saying. I mean, you know. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, look, the theaters are desperate, though. When they, they found are. out about all these moves, no Marvel movies, they literally were calling Disney's begging for something yeah. to happen because now that the, the idea that they're going to have to go through the rest of this year with no blockbusters, yeah. they're, they're in trouble. Yeah, so. it's crazy because literally Tenet was the only one. Like, nothing else really is coming out. Nothing that you've really heard of. Exactly, so, I exactly. Mean, I don't know. But the demand is there, though. Okay, that that's proof positive. And I guess this could swing both ways because, like you said, you want to, you'd be okay with Black Widow on Disney Plus, right? And obviously, I would be, I want to see it in the theaters, but the point is the demand is there, so yeah. if it's in the theaters, people are going to swarm to go see it. And if it's on Disney Plus, people are going to see it. The proof of that, 
WandaVision. Yeah. It's probably the most talked about thing of the Emmys that night. None of yeah, the awards. Right. The most talked about thing was the WandaVision trailer. Apparently, this thing had 53 million views within the first 24 hours after it aired during the Emmys. Okay. That shows you right there the demand that people have for Marvel product. Yeah. Whether it's on Disney Plus, like WandaVision's going to be, or in the theaters, people want that shit. It's the most views for any trailer that's ever debuted for a streamer. That I mean, that should tell you everything right there. Yeah. Um. So and woo, the Wandavision trailer, y'all. What? I was confused. It is set. <laughs> Man, there were Easter eggs to Doctor Strange, to Hulk, to to the Avengers movies, to I mean, like all kinds of the Marvel movies, but then also all the comic book references. Her kids. House of M, like just like so much stuff. I mean, the introduction of the Young Avengers. If you go back and watch this trailer, you will find new Easter eggs every time you watch it. And oh, I'm so freaking excited because it is setting up everything, y'all. Watch this trailer and you will see it is setting up the Young Avengers. It is setting up the Fantastic Four. It is setting up Doctor Strange 2. It is setting up even possibly Red Hulk. It's going to set up the introduction of the mutants into the MCU. Just everything. Everything. I, yeah, I think they need to do it the right way because, like myself, if a person that has not really read any of the source material, they start watching them and be like, what the fuck? So, they're, I mean, I trust Marvel. Don't get me wrong. So, I mean, I feel like the first couple episodes, they'll establish what they're doing and how the storyline impacts, like, further characters and further development of the storyline. But... Like I said, the, if you're not a comic book person and you watch this, you were probably confused as hell. I think, though, that they kind of give you a clue with the title, though. I remember when they first announced the title, everybody was like, why is it, like, together? Don't you mean Wanda and Vision? And it's very clearly one one word, Wanda Vision. And I think that's the tease. That's the hint. It, this is all being done by Wanda. Vision died, guys, remember? Vision's not alive. So I think the hint of Wanda Vision is just that. This is Wanda's vision. So I don't know. I think that's the hint. I think they were creative with that. Yeah. Like I said, have have full faith in Marvel. They haven't done anything wrong yet. So I mean They have not. Super excited. Super and excited. Speaking of super excited. Right? This was a rumor a couple months ago we talked about. It's true. But now it's confirmed, guys. A- apparently so. Yeah. Nick Fury. You can't get rid of him. You can't. You can't. Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know Coulson took over. Now Coulson's not even director anymore. We don't know. We don't know. Is Fury actually Fury? We don't know. None of that we don't know. If you, you don't know what we're talking about, watch Captain Marvel. Watch all that stuff. But what we do know is that Samuel L. Jackson is going to reprise the role of Nick Fury in a Disney Plus series. I'm super excited about oh, that. Oh, man, what? And I don't know if it's going to be like a prequel series, a current series, or like w- will it bounce back and forth? We all know with the de-aging technology that they showed in Captain Marvel, they can do both. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know, but I'm excited as hell because I love Sam Jackson's Nick Fury. I do too. I, I think it's just going to be – it's a nice, nice transition from the people who are devastated that S.H.I.E.L.D. is over now. Yeah. But, well, now you got Nick Fury. Man. So, I mean, you know, and on <laughs> Disney Plus. So, so Nick Fury can finally say, be true to Samuel L. Jackson. Nick Fury can finally start dropping some F-bombs. Oh, but it's PG-13. He could only get like one. One. <laughs> one. But even one is better than none. I yeah. mean, it's Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, Come on. I mean, they what, they let like one slide for Hamilton. So, it's I true. mean, of course they're going to let one slide for Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, you would think. Yeah. You would think. <laughs> but other exciting things happening with Marvel and everything Disney. Uh, Marvel's Hellstorm unveiled its first trailer and the show 
show is looks super badass. It does, and this one is it's on Hulu and will be rated R, from what I yeah, understand. Yeah, like at least super dark, really dark. Yeah. yeah. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, who doesn't follow the comic books, like uh, like I mean, there's a lot of people who don't. It follows Damien and Anna Hellstrom, the son and daughter of a mysterious, powerful serial killer, as they track down the worst of humanity. Mm. Um, this is a really popular comic book series, and uh, I, a lot of people were kind of shocked that they were making this into a series because um, it is so dark but uh, i'm excited for it it's one of the only ones that survived the pre when they were like oh you know Loeb is out of here and uh feige's taking over everything and studio marvel studios is taking over television yeah it was one of the only projects that was announced prior to all that that actually survived the slate yeah so and, and is gonna make it so we'll see um october yeah comes out, uh, october 16th so yeah right around the weeks. corner yeah. freaking that's it's exciting it's exciting because i mean we saw how the dark uh marvel shows did on netflix so i mean mm. i can imagine these are going to be just as good yes hopefully anyway hopefully um black mirror director toby haynes will direct disney plus's rogue one spinoff yes. we know this one's been in talks like how is it going to happen how is it going to happen well we've been talking about it Epic, episodically are televised. Uh, yes. It's going to Disney Plus, so that's super exciting, and it's going to follow uh, what's his face there? Diego. <laughs> yes. So, it's going to be good, guys. It's going to be good. It's going to be before the events of Rogue One, because I know a lot of people had a question about that. I mean, I thought they died at the end of Rogue One. They did, apparently. Uh, so it's going to be uh, following the events leading up to Rogue One. Yes. Now, don't worry. Tony Gilroy, who wrote the movie Rogue One, you know, and was supposed to showrun and direct the series, he's still involved, guys. He's still going to be the showrunner. He just didn't feel comfortable going back and forth traveling from the UK and New York uh, because of the COVID restrictions that they have in both countries. So he's going to stay on as showrunner, and he kind of passed the baton uh, to, you know, for the directing responsibilities. So. Yeah, I think they're in good shape. I agree. If you still have the writer of the original film on as the showrunner, you're in good shape. Yeah. So it, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be cool. Agreed. Well, damn, Dope Sick is just gearing up, man. Danny Strong is on a <laughs> mission, man, to have the most epic cast in the history of any show ever. Yeah. Like, this guy is just – he got Eliza, y'all. Eliza. What? Yeah. Philippa Sue. Philippa Sue. It's crazy. I know. And remember Limitless? Remember the TV show they did of Limitless mm-hmm. that was based on the movie or whatever? Yeah. They got the main star from Limitless too. That's epic. Yeah, Jake McDormand. Yeah. So, I mean, the possibilities are just insane yeah. with this cast. Uh, I, I, so super excited, man. I, like, this one just keeps racking up, racking up, and I need to keep getting details about the storyline and details about these characters. Like, it's just going to turn out to be badass. But, of course, everything Danny t- puts his hands on, like, it's badass. It's true. Absolutely. And these two, as if they weren't epic enough, uh, let me remind you, Michael Keaton, Peter Sarsgaard, Caitlin Deaver, and Will Poulter. Yeah. Are the rest of the <laughs> cast. Like, And he's probably not done. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. He's probably not done. Danny. Calm down. Do you sleep? All right. Do you sleep? Right? (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. But other crazy things happening is uh, Family Guy and Bob's Burgers have Mm. both been renewed for two more seasons over at Fox. Uh, The renewals will put Family Guy to air uh, through its 21st season, and Bob's Burgers have been on for 13th. Uh, it's going to be 13 seasons. And yeah. Super crazy. And I mean, it will push uh, Seth MacFarlane created series towards 400 total episodes. That's insane. It's super that insane. Is insane. Following in the lines of The Simpsons, it makes sense. It's great. 
It's and absolutely great. All kinds of casting announcements. They're recasting everybody because of diversity and every. So, um, Alex Desert, I know, is is coming on to one of the shows. Um, so we'll be talking about that. I'm sure. Look foul for the social media uh, accounts for that. But this is exciting, though. McFarlane is just killing it. To have any show hit 400 episodes is just unheard of nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. So. Yeah, absolutely wild. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, oh, this is interesting. Liv Tyler uh, told the producers that she is not going to move forward in uh, 911 Lone Star. Uh, she approached the producers over the summer and talked about exiting the show despite having a multi-year contract. Her decision was due at least in part of to concerns of traveling back and forth from her home in the UK and to shoot the show in the US, which makes sense. I mean, you got to worry about your health. Um, her character, Michelle Blake, uh, will not be recast or killed off, leaving the door open for her to possibly return. That's good. I think more shows should do that. Uh, me too, me too. Especially since, that the, I mean, her character had a pretty significant storyline with Rob Lowe's character. Yeah. So, um... But, you know, it's just like we just talked about with Rogue One with Gilroy. I mean, it makes sense. There are huge restrictions over in the UK and huge restrictions here still. So if you planned on having to go back and forth at any kind of point, it only makes sense to be a little worried about that. Mm. So, you know, sad to see her go, but, um, you know, got to do what you got to do. Gina Torres, though, from Suits. And uh, Pearson is is coming on as a series regular. So that's going to kind of fill the void for that. Yeah. Oh, I, that's a lot there. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> actress Haley Marie Norman is suing ABC. Mm. Um, Trey, Tracy Ellis Ross and Keena Barris and others are claiming they appropriated the show she had been pitching and turned it into Blackish uh, and, and then the spinoff Mixish. Norman says in October of 2017, she signed a deal with Big Breakfast to write and executive produce and star in the series, and that the company shares with the parent artist or the parent uh, artist first, a production and management company that counts Ross and Barris amongst its clients. She alleges that both Ross and her manager Brian uh, Dobbins uh, were involved in the development of her series, and claims Dobbins pitched it to Barris and she he wasn't interested. Uh, her series was which described as a 30-minute sip employing flashbacks that follows the journey of a mixed-race female protagonist as she grapples with the biracial identity while living in the suburbs surrounded by both of her African-American and Caucasian families. Um, Apparently, the show was pitched in late 2018 to Showtime, Netflix, HBO, Hulu, Amazon, and Stars, and they all passed. That sounds pretty shady. Uh, yeah, because then just right after that, right after she pitched in late 2018, in 2019, <laughs> you know, Tracy Ellis Ross said, hey, let's revisit this. Let's rethink about this. And then all of a sudden, Mixed Dish was pitched and said yeah. to be going into development on ABC. And so, uh, what? <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, so there you go. She is standing by. She says that this is her show. She registered it as mixed with the WGA in 2016. She's claiming breach of contract, breach of confidence, intentional misrepresentation, and international interference or intentional interference with the contract. And she's seeking some money and profits from Mixedish. Mm. Um, I don't know. It does sound pretty shady. It does. I mean, you've got two people that are represented by the same management company that she's represented by that were pitched the project yeah. and passed on it, and then a and then similar attached, project. Yeah. Can- 
Yeah, he sounds kind of shady, guys. Sounds I mean, kind of shady. Sounds like the Stranger Things deal back yeah. back in the day. You know, I don't know. I think that the smartest thing to do with this, since they are so similar, and there's going to be probably really no way to prove or disprove it, is just settle. Yeah, just give her some money for a mixed dish and move on. I mean that that's my that's my thought on it. Yeah, but. I mean you know, or at least let her be a part of it. Like it seems like. They're not even wanting to bring her on to do any sort of creative role. Like if she felt like that was her show and it's so much like it, even if it spawned the idea of the new show Mixed Dish, like let her be a part of it, like settle, be a part of it, do all these good things. Because I mean, honestly, I wouldn't want anybody taking our creative idea and Mm -mm. like flipping it Mm -mm. that way. So I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. So I mean, do what's best for you, girl. And it's a tricky situation because Barris's wife is mixed. Yeah. And he says that the whole idea for Mixed Dish is based on his wife and yeah. her life growing up. They even did an episode about that on Blackish. Yeah. So, you know, he can claim that and how can you dispute that? Yeah, but how then, can you? There's but then like... she's got this that she wrote and pitched in 2016 well before Mixed Dish. So how can you dispute that? And then so that's what I'm saying. I agree with you. Maybe just give her a producer title or yeah. just some sort of creative title and 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 pay her some money and just let it be you know exactly i don't know exactly well, can everybody just be happy i know right like <laughs> well now going over to warner media it appears that Zack snyder will be getting ben affleck back as batman uh henry cavill as superman and gal gadot as wonder woman back uh, into the action to shoot the new footage for justice league snyder cut Yes. Uh, um, also set to appear on the call sheet is expected in a week or so long is Ray Fisher as Cyborg, even though he's going through a whole bunch of shit right now. Yes. Uh, um, so that that's going to be interesting. In addition, uh, it's going to be the first time Affleck, Ca- uh, Cavill, and Fisher will be suiting up as the trio, Batman, Superman, and Cyborg, since their work on the original film. But yes. at least it's confirmed they're coming back. Or is it? Okay. At least Cavill is is denying it. He's saying even though Snyder and Warner Brothers have confirmed it, Cavill is still saying as recently as this week in an interview, he is not doing any reshoots oh. as Superman. So I don't know what that <laughs> means. Hollywood, like, man, did, did, Hollywood. Did, did people not tell Cavill yet? Like, I mean, did, did Snyder and Warner Brothers get this all taken care of? They just haven't passed it along to, to Cavill yet? I don't know. I don't know. And uh, Fisher may be talking himself out of it. Mm. like Logan said he's got all kinds of stuff going on you guys know the battle that he's having with Warner Brothers and everything right now because of what happened on the set of the original Justice League Um, and apparently there's some issues and and they might not renegotiate his contract to let him in on these reshoots and he might be out of the flash as well apparently he was not happy with his cameo role in the flash that was expected to take place he wanted more scenes and more money and Warner Brothers said no so we don't know. Yeah. Ray, Ray Fisher. Everything's know. up in the air with that one, man. And I mean, I, I it's hard to knock the guy because obviously some stuff happened. I mean, other actors are coming to his call saying, yeah. confirming, yes, this stuff happened. But I don't know. Is there a certain point where you take it too far into where it actually messes with your financial benefits and your money and how you're approaching Hollywood? Like, Maybe. I feel like maybe. Yeah, because, I mean, Zack Snyder has said time and time again that Cyborg is the central character in his version of Justice League. Yeah. And that it is a hugely expanded role and plays just like an epic part in this. So 
if you <laughs> if you talk yourself out of that, like, what are you gonna do, man? Yeah. I mean, just like you know, at some point you got to be like, we got to let the legal stuff be the legal stuff, but I got to be over here and do what I need to do because you know that's gonna hurt Zack Snyder too. Exactly. If, if Fisher somehow booted out of this, so. Um, just, I hope not. I, I, I hope not either. Because the fans want to see Snyder's vision of this movie. They do. And if his vision is solely centered around Cyborg being the main character, you kind of need Cyborg. Yeah, exactly. So I hope it all works out. Super man. crazy, man. Super crazy. But this is interesting because I don't think anybody saw this coming, but maybe, maybe since she got pregnant. Yeah. Uh, but Supergirl, well, and it's run after the upcoming season. It's going to be its sixth season. Uh, the show will have 20 episodes in its final season, which uh, the CW says will begin production later this month. I'm honestly not surprised because of the Lois and Lane introduction and that show happening. And, I mean, they kind of used Supergirl to introduce the CW's uh, universe as Superman and did all that stuff. So, I mean, you know, you know. And, I mean, like um, Stephen Amell said, it's a lot of work being on a CW show. It and, is. I mean, like uh, – What's her face there? Batwoman. I mean, who? Yeah, Ruby Rose. Yeah, yeah. who got off of it. I mean, maybe some. Sometimes you just gotta hang up that cape. You just gotta be like, this is it. I'm yeah, it's it's a hardcore commitment, guys. It, those shows. I mean, they're intense and. Just having a baby, not even, she's still pregnant, she's about to have a baby. In fact, when they go into production in a couple of weeks, they're doing it without her. You know, the first few episodes are going to have to cover around the fact that she's not there. Yeah. Um. So, it only makes sense. I mean, and like you said, with the introduction of Superman and Lois Lane as a new show coming in and kind of Superman taking over that role in the Arrowverse, you know, it only makes sense. But the good news is, is that... You know they're not going to kill her off, yeah. so she can always kind of make a reappearance, in, back in, you in. know, in the Arrowverse as Supergirl anytime they want her on a crossover or a guest appearance or something like that. I'm sure she'd be more than open to that. Oh, so yeah. um, it just you know it kind of makes sense. But now, now even more so, can we bring Green Arrow and the Canaries? Yeah, so I'm saying, just make, saying, it just make, make it. that happen. Just make that. Cat McNamara deserves it. She does. Just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, this next one's super exciting because y'all know you can't see me. Um, <laughs> Warner Media has announced that John Cena, who is set to play the character of Peacemaker in James Gunn's upcoming Suicide Squad, will star in his own series based on that character, and it's going to debut on HBO Max. Gunn yes. himself will write all eight episodes uh, to the untitled series so far uh nobody knows what it's called and uh we'll direct multiple episodes including the pilot that's super interesting to hear because guardians <laughs> like, well and yeah that's the bad news guys apparently the 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 report is and and gun did say yes it's true it will interfere with the with the filming of guardians yeah so <laughs> i guess he feels comfortable with that and marvel's okay with that because of all the pushbacks so i don't i don't know but uh, that sucks yeah super I, excited for cena and peacemaker oh yeah but kind of bummed if oh, yeah. it's gonna push back guardians well I mean. everything that i've seen over social media and like what other cast members have said like cena is the life on that set like yeah. he is absolutely a joy and gem to work with and i mean dude come on the show like yeah, seriously come real. on come on cena would love it would absolutely love it uh but something that i don't love mm. um is mm. warner media they're doing a lot of reboots and i mean especially with their old titles um they announced that the pretty little liars is gonna get rebooted but it's gonna be all new characters with a whole new town whole new storyline yeah. um but still same title 
Like yeah, yeah. Pretty Little Liars, Original Sin. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, so you put original sin behind it. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Um, they are clarifying though that while it is a new town, just you know, about twenty miles outside of the the original town of Pretty Little Liars or whatever, it all does take place in that little universe. So, but so what? Yeah, it's who, new. It's like, new characters, new murder mystery, new bad guy, new. Why? Yeah. Why? Why couldn't you just rename it? I mean, Pretty Little Liars. If you kind of think about it, storyline wise, it's kind of like Riverdale. So, I mean, just rename it, I, in my opinion. My opinion, I just, yeah. Well, and it just sounds exactly the same as the original. I mean, a new group of teenage girls who are haunted by events that took place in their town 20 years ago, paying for the sins that they committed and their parents committed by some unknown, anonymous person that's haunting them. Like, that's exactly like yeah. Pretty Little Liars. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. And it's only been three years. Yeah. This thing, like, literally just went off the air at the end of 2017. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. And, I, I mean, know. they're doing some interesting and questionable things. Uh, Warner Brothers is fast-tracking a new Father of the Bride movie. Mm. Uh, this latest reboot will uh, revolve around Latino, a Latino family, and will tell the story of a father coming to grips with his daughter's upcoming wedding through the prism of multiple relationships within a big, sprawling Cuban-American family, and uh, it'll be more of a rom-com than the previous versions of the film. So, oh. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Okay, if you're not excited about that, like we're not excited about that, you're going to be really happy because on Netflix today, right now, probably as you're listening to this, Father of the Bride 3-ish Boom. released with the original cast and the original people, kind of a sequel of the first two movies. The, it, what, it was under wraps. We don't know what it's about, what's going on, but they're all back. It's a sequel to it, and it's on Netflix. It dropped today. I wonder if Netflix like got a got a whiff that this other film was happening and they were like oh let let us do this real quick yeah yeah so i i just i'm gonna check that out for sure yeah. later on and um but mm, you know the the original cast was so epic do you want to like reboot it like i just uh, yeah no no Oh my goodness. The answer is no. No. Yeah. But I mean, of course, after a few weeks of us not talking about any sexual harassment at Viacom CBS, we're back to it. We're back to it. It's true. Uh, Viacom CBS has concluded its investigation into an alleged uh, allegation uh, that CEO Bob Bashkish Bashkish uh, touched a woman inappropriately at a holiday party back in 2016. The complaint was made by a former Nickelodeon employee, and she alleged that he had touched her in the on her rear at the party and a spokesperson for the company said in a statement and an independent review of the alleged incident has concluded and the uh, investigation did not support the allegation. Mm. 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 They're pretty good at covering shit up. They're still paying less. So <laughs> just, just saying, just saying this, this company cannot get away from, from these type of things. No. Um, I, you know, Hey, look, if they say the allegation didn't prove to be true and they did this investigation and backish is clear. Okay. All right. Who are we to dispute that? We don't know. Yeah. We don't uh, know. Just, we weren't there. What we do know is that CBS Viacom cannot get away from these type of situations. Their track record, it man. Just, Their track record you know, is awful with sexual harassment. Yeah. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, 
it's a fucking duck. Yeah, quack, That's quack, all I'm saying. Like, I mean, come on, guys. There's so much of it going on there. I know. It's, Damn. It's kind of disgusting. It so, is. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, everybody knows Paramount Network is set to rebrand to Paramount uh, Movie Network now since, uh, you know, some things are happening. Some things are happening. Yeah, this one was surprising, though. I mean, we know, we get the rebranding of CBS All Access, but Paramount Network, just out of nowhere, like, oh, no, now we're Paramount Movie Network. Yeah. What? And so the initially the big question was what does that mean for Yellowstone, which, which has been, like, slaying on it, you know, with all kinds of huge ratings and the most watched show and, like, all these epic records that it keeps breaking and everything but and the reason they're saying what's up with yellowstone is because by making this move they're going fully all out scripted television movies yeah with big name stars that's that's like what it's going to turn into yeah like that's it and i'm like what yeah it's super confusing and i mean they even canceled a shit ton of unscripted titles like my ink masters super pissed about that um wife swap and the battle of the fittest couples and other titles including bar rescue and lip sync battles will move over to other viacom cbs networks apparently those are doing well enough and the newly branded network is planning to air 52 original movies this year on the network uh with one mini series and scripted series per quarter yes and so now the big question, what about Yellowstone? Yeah. Because it's a huge hit for them. It's not going anywhere. It's apparently staying on the new network. And their answer for that is they're likely going to air back-to-back episodes every week mm. as if it was a two-hour TV movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, they're going to keep that scripted series. It's the only scripted series moving forward. So um, on that network, and they're going to do them back-to-back episodes like a two-hour movie. Um and then they're talking about possible spin-offs, mm. spin-off TV movies based wow. on the Yellowstone, you know, world. Interesting. So, yeah. And I mean, you can just watch it on the Peacock, guys. If you want to watch it and don't want to mess with Paramount, just go to the Peacock and watch it. There you go. Yeah. Um, now heading over to NBC Universal. Speaking of the Peacock, uh, John Carpenter's original Halloween and Halloween 4 and Halloween 5 are returning to theaters and drive-ins for mm. more than two dozen U.S. markets in October. Makes sense. Halloween. Yes. Um, super excited. Uh, don't don't really know the details about that yet, but um, the films are going to be played back-to-back in indoor theaters. And, um, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's up. Apparently it's up to the exhibitors whether they want to do that. Yeah. Um, So, you know, whether they want to show it back to back or or show it, you know, just one or whatever. But um, I think it's a good idea. Those are those are huge hit movies, especially the original Halloween. Yeah. Badass. I think it's a huge ploy because of uh, the remakes. You know, there was supposed to be another one this Halloween. So they're like, oh, let's just fill that gap. I'm just saying, I personally, you know, to sit in a car at a drive-in out in the middle of the wooded area and watch the original Halloween would be scary as fuck. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a brilliant move. You should have people out there as Mike Myers and shit. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know. You know, you know. Oh, just don't okay. shoot him. Just, yeah. just don't shoot him. It's an actor. Don't shoot him. <laughs> yeah, okay. right. It's uh, just a guy we hired to scare you at the car. 
car. Don't shoot it. Don't do it. Don't no. do it. <laughs> but NBC is also doing some other cool things. They are moving up the premiere day of This Is Us, giving us one of the earliest debuts of any network as a fall drama as production starts to ramp up. And it's going to be the series' fifth season. And, uh, you know, it was supposed to be for November 10th, but now it's supposed to debut on October 27th. Yes. So I was super excited about that. Uh, maybe some throwing out some theories out there. Uh, maybe it's because of uh, Mandy Moore getting pregnant. Maybe they mm-hmm. wanted to help that out a little bit. Yep, I mean, yep. you know. Uh, but yeah, I'm super excited. It's a great storyline. Um, last season was kind of eh, but I mean, the next season should be pretty good, at least what they've been setting up. So. It's true. And you always have to wait for This Is Us, too. It's like, come on, come on, where is it? You know, now it'll be the first one. It beats Grey's, it beats like all the other networks' dramas. It's going to be the first one. Yeah. So you don't have to wait for it this time exactly it's gonna be exciting exactly oh this is cool chris rock is coming back to host saturday night live and it's gonna be the first episode of the 46th season and it's gonna be on october 3rd yes so like next saturday um and it will be his third appearance as the host and megan the stallion will make her debut on snl as a musical guest yes i mean that's a huge platform so i'm sure she's excited oh yeah definitely definitely and i just saw too all 45 years of snl will be on the peacock very nice they they just announced they're going to be putting all 45 seasons of it on the peacock that's crazy able to watch yeah right that's crazy but awesome i mean you know so I I love the old season. Yeah, <laughs> so go back to John back. Belushi. Like oh, definitely, yes. it'd be fucking badass. Yes. Uh, heading over to Lionsgate and Stars. Uh, Stars has renewed Power Book Two of Ghost. Uh, it's going to be for its second season. News of the pickup comes just three weeks are just three episodes into season one. Apparently, it's doing really well oh, over yeah. there. And uh, just over two weeks since the show's premiere. So I'm super excited about that. Apparently, it scored like around 7.5 million viewers in the first week. More than the Emmys. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's awesome, though. That's awesome. I heard it's really good bringing back a lot of original characters from the original series and introducing some new characters. Yep. So badass. Yeah, man. I mean, that that is a powerhouse franchise on Stars. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's just the first of, like, what, three planned spinoffs that they've yeah. got coming. So good for them, man. Badass. 50 Cent. 50 Cent. Killing it, man. Um, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish has joined Nicolas Cage in Lion Geek's uh, action comedy, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, okay. Yeah, this this film just sounds crazy to me. It's Nicolas Cage. This is the one we told you about a couple of weeks ago where he's he's playing himself. Okay? He's playing himself. And he accepts a million-dollar offer to attend a birthday party of a super fan. Okay? Mm. Played okay. by Pedro Pascal. Okay. And then apparently something goes wrong. A wildly dangerous turn happens. Cage is forced to live up to his own legend by channeling all of his iconic on-screen characters in order to save himself and his loved ones. Interesting. I just think this is going to be crazy. Interesting. Like, I mean, what? Nicolas Cage has had some interesting characters. Yeah. So the idea that he's going to be playing them all (laughs) as himself. As himself. To save the world just seems like... I don't know. This is either going to be epic 
or just horrible. Yeah. I don't think there's any in between. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I don't know. And I, Pedro just uh, popped up in Game of Thrones. I had no idea he was in Game of Thrones. I, but, right, I uh, mean, that's the beauty. Everywhere. Right? That's the beauty of all these like binge-watching old shows. You're like, damn! Yeah. I mean, all these people were in all these things. How did we not know? It's just crazy. It's great. It's great. Oh. Uh, Super excited. Yes. Super excited because everybody knows David Letterman has a series. Uh, my next guest needs no introduction. And I've been wondering about the third season. Mm-hmm. Well, they finally announced that the third season will launch on Wednesday, October 21st uh, with in-depth interviews that consist of four episodes with guests including Kim Kardashian West. You know, her husband was on last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Dave Chappelle, and Lizzo. Dude. Super badass. I am so excited to see David Letterman interview Robert Downey Jr. and fucking Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Those are going to be two epic interviews. Yeah. <laughs> Kim Kardashian. Yeah, whatever. You know, it'll be kind of like... Yeah, whatever. Know. Even Lizzo. But Robert Downey Jr. and Dave <laughs> Chappelle are going to be badass. Yeah. I mean, I just... I, I don't even know. I'm so excited about that. Right? Super epic. Super epic. This is weird. Yeah, this I'm next confused. one completely shocked by. I just, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Alan Arkin is exiting the Comiskey method mm. of ahead of its final season. Guys, don't you need him? Right. <laughs> like, I, I mean, the whole point of the show, he's the one who's like about the Comiskey method. I, I just, I don't, how do you do it without the agent? I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, good luck. Good luck. See, I'm um, interested to see what you do. Yeah. <laughs> apparently he made the decision to leave the series a long time ago. Yeah. And his departure will be addressed in the storyline moving forward. And I, I just, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they announced that it was renewed for a final season a few months ago. And there was like no indication that he was leaving. So I, I, I don't know. <laughs> right. They had no idea. Apparently he made the decision some time ago, but they had no idea. So Chuck Lore has this problem shady. with shows with people just leaving. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of shady it when is. you blindside people like that. Like, at least give your two weeks, guys. At I mean, it's Michael Douglas. Weeks. Yeah. What the hell, Alan? Are you? It's Michael Douglas. You don't just bail on Michael Douglas. I don't know. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> interesting, man. Interesting. And I mean, other interesting things happen over at Netflix. The first uh, seasons of Evil and The Unicorn are heading to Netflix as of October first. Uh, this is a non-exclusive deal with Viacom CBS, meaning that both series will continue to stream on their freshman seasons on cbs all access as well yeah um i feel like a lot of there's a lot of deals like this especially with movies right now um they're on multiple platforms and i mean it's working out pretty well so i mean might as well try the television game as well look i gotta tell you i loved evil luke coulter is just badass on evil so if you didn't have cbs all access and you have netflix watch this show it is badass i'm telling you guys you got you're gonna love it you're gonna freaking love it just watch it just watch it just watch it it's worth it oh my goodness uh mm. carrie mulligan is joining bradley cooper's upcoming netflix musical drama mariesto maestro maestro should have been mariesto <laughs> uh, could have been uh mulligan <laughs> will play uh, felicia uh, the wife of a legendary composer and conductor, uh, Leonard Bernstein. So, yeah, it's going to follow the love story between those two over 30 years. So that's going to be pretty epic. I mean, it's going to be like set in the 40s a little bit and through their 25-year marriage and three children. And uh, Cooper co-wrote the script and will direct and produce. But Love not it. star. Not That's star. what I found out, like odd about it. It doesn't say star. Yeah. So you know, wrote, produce, and direct. But 
won't put himself in this one. Yeah, maybe he's trying different things. Trying different things. May I mean, I with they're all perfectionists. Let's get let's get it straight. I mean, everybody that is trying to be an up and comer and break into the entertainment industry, especially if you're an established actor, and then take a crack at directing, and then not only do you take a crack at directing for your first time you also star in the film along with like samuel jackson and like lady gaga like i'm sure not winning like a best director or best uh film award like i'm sure he was like so i'm gonna try something a little different yeah and maybe like trying not to be typecast too because it's another musical yeah so if he were to cast himself as bernstein he's like right back in it oh okay now he's another musical that he's gonna star in and direct so yeah but he's a brilliant director yeah he should he should have won he should have won i don't know if i would classify a star is born as a musical though no, I just mean a sense of playing uh, yeah. a musician like yeah. Bernstein as yeah. a composer or something, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, in a $30 million deal, Netflix has acquired worldwide rights to The Guilty with mm. Jake Gyllenhaal and Anton Fuqua. Yeah, sure. Uh, directing, and it takes place over the course of a single morning in 9-11 Dispatch Call Center, bringing it down. Uh, call yes. operator Joe uh, Baylor, Gyllenhaal, tries to save the caller in, uh, that's in grave danger, but he will soon discover that nothing uh, seems as it is and facing the truth that there's only one way out. Uh, the film will be produced by Hall and expected to begin production before the year's end. Mm. Damn. That sounds intense. I got deep. I'm glad to hear that it was about that, though, because when I first saw this story, I thought guilty. It was like a true story about him still having Taylor Swift's scarf in the drawer. Oh. He was guilty. Oh, he <laughs> Oh. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. It was just like, what? If you don't get that, move on. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's good. I think that's more like best picture worthy type of film for netflix that could be nominated so i mean they've they've got their stuff man they got their stuff they're still making ways at um at the emmys the oscars they're doing good things they are i'm gonna just go on the record right now and say aaron sorkin's the trial of the chicago seven is that what the name of it is yeah it's gonna be oscar nominated you think so i absolutely think so if you guys haven't seen that trailer yet i'm glad you brought that up but yeah just watch this trailer and you'll be like, fuck yeah, it's getting an Oscar <laughs> Unlike Koran or whatever the hell that thing was. Roma. What was it? Roma. Yeah, Roma. No, yeah, no, no. This one <laughs> will get the Oscar nomination and I'll watch the whole thing. I mean, he, I he freaking got Best Director somehow that year, so I don't know how. I don't know how. I still haven't watched it. I, don't, I, I didn't watch Parasite either, so... I couldn't get through it, man. Yeah. I just could not get through it. But Sorkin, I am thrilled to see. He's always been a brilliant writer. Yeah. Obviously, you guys know he's a brilliant writer. But he made the transition into directing now, and this is his second film that he's directing. And he's obviously as well as talented a director as he is a writer. Yeah. Because this film looks epic. Yeah. Man, I'm just saying. Definitely. Definitely. Well, not how never to Amazon. Uh, they're developing a spinoff series of The Boys. Yeah. Oh, super epic. Uh, the news of the the new series will be written and showrun by Craig Rosenberg and described as a college show meets Hunger Games. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, um, with the same heart, satire, and raunchiness that flagships the original series. And it's going to take place um, at a college uh, for a young adult of superheroes. I'm guessing to try and 
to like learn how to be superheroes and all that good shit. Yep. And explore lives of hormonal competitive soups as they uh, put their physical, sexual, and moral boundaries to the test. Mm. Interesting. That it, this is going to be by far. I mean, The Boys is insane. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely epic. So now if you're going to tell me we're going to do a college series about soups that are trying to become the next group of seven, you know, for The Boys, <laughs> I, I, it's going to be epic. Yeah. And but, dirty, raunchy, and as, like crazy as hell. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a that's a given. Right. <laughs> I, I, I just excited, excited. And by the way, if you guys aren't watching The Boys, watch it. It's yeah. freaking so badass. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Natasha Lorraine and uh, Ayla Shaka? Sure, Shawkat. Shawkat are developing a half-hour series at Amazon titled Desert People. Hmm. Um, Shawkat will write, and while both she and Lorraine will uh, serve as executive producers, along with Maya Rodolph, uh, the series follows a family of Iraq immigrants who run a gentleman's club in spa, uh, Palm Springs. Mm. Uh, yeah, mm. it, interesting. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. And so what, she's going to be the parent's adult daughter in L.A. coming to terms with her own sexuality. Apparently. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. I don't know what to say about that. that. Hmm. Yeah. This sounds like it's going to be controversial on every level possible, which like. is why it's going to be epic and be a huge hit, probably. Yeah. Amazon, we talk about this all the time, Amazon is never scared to take risks. No. This is a risky series, and I feel like it's going to pay off. I agree, man. Just just going to go and say it. It's I agree. Um, Apple's doing some uh, risky things, to, and I think they're going to pay off because they got both loads of money so they can afford <laughs> to take these risks. Yeah, that's right. Um, Apple has picked up uh, the Russo brothers' latest movie, Cherry an addiction and crime drama to star Tom Holland and Sierra Bravo. Uh, super excited about this one uh, because it's supposed to be super badass. Yeah, man. If you guys have been looking at Tom Holland's like you know social media, these things that he's been posting from this movie, he he basically he has PTSD. He's like a, a, a veteran and he has PTSD, but it's like crazy extreme PTSD that's yeah. been undiagnosed. And so he's robbing banks now, and he looks freaking evil psychotic in these things this is like the furthest thing from fucking spider-man yeah. ever so uh i'm yeah super excited about it i think it's gonna be freaking fantastic this is the one we were talking about too with uh michael Gandalf- gandolfini he's gonna be in it so yeah. that's gonna be badass. doing really well not to be typecast yes like him and his people are doing really well the devil all the time yeah anything but spider-man but yeah. i mean really yeah i mean holland is just killing it right now 40 plus million dollars apparently apple paid for this so crazy yeah, boy they are shelling out money man. they really are they really are and uh you're expected to see this thing early 2021 on mm. apple tv plus yes so stay tuned for that and apple has also ordered uh high desert a half hour comedy series starring uh patricia arquette and uh, that will be directed and executive produced by Ben Stiller. Mm. Uh, I love that he stepped behind the camera. Me too. Like, I mean, he's doing some amazing things. Um, it, it follows uh, Arquette, uh, Peggy, uh, a former addict who decides to make a new start after the death of her beloved mother with whom she lived with in a small desert town of uh, Yucca Valley, California, and makes a life-changing decision 
to become a private investigator. Oh, hmm. Uh, hmm. yeah. Private investigator meets house, I feel like. Right, right. And like, I mean, I guess former addicts would make good investigators. Yeah. Because they're, you know, they're connected to all the shady shit. Like, I get, yeah. I, you know, interesting premise. <laughs> right. But if Stiller is behind it and Arquette's involved, I mean, you know, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to so, be good stuff. I'm with you, though. I, I'm super stoked to see Stiller behind the camera now and making the moves that way because he's an epic talent. So. He is. Agreed. Agreed. Well, things are starting to open back up, guys. I mean, we've talked about Los Angeles starting to open back up and a couple of other states, uh, you know, production-wise. And the latest being North Carolina. Yes. North Carolina officials have approved a, um, a small film and television project, small uh, handful of film and television projects to be a part – to open back up and start filming as a part of its 25% rebate on production expenses with shooting starting at the end of October. Yes. Now state officials said that new projects will generate a uh, direct in-state spend more than uh, $107 million while creating and like, the amount of jobs it's creating is insane. 8,671 job opportunities, including 650 crew positions for the state film of professionals. And, uh, yeah, they're doing some projects, man, doing some projects. Yeah, this is super exciting. I mean, that just goes to show you guys, this is only five projects, and it's going to bring in over $100 million to the state. I mean, that's crazy. And like you said, almost 9,000 jobs. And you saw that number. I mean, right, it's like 650. So less than 1,000 of those 8,000-plus jobs is actually on the productions. Yeah. That means hotel workers, restaurant workers, you know, in, in-state workers that will facilitate these productions being filmed in their towns. So that's huge. Anybody who doesn't think that the entertainment industry and the film and television industry contribute and that the tax credits aren't worth it, Look at those numbers, okay? They're, it's worth it. Bring, Give them tax incentives. Bring them there. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Now, they did reassure that everything is under strict COVID precautions, that there's all kinds of stuff going, you know, that there will be testing, and, like, they're, they're going to follow all the guidelines. But still, guys, I mean, $107 million brought into the state for just five things being filmed. That's insane. Yeah. I, just, it's exciting stuff, though. It's exciting stuff. I mean, things are starting to open back up and hopefully attempt to get back to normal because exactly. everybody needs it. Everybody needs a job. Everybody needs to stay fed. I mean, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. But I'm super excited because new opportunities. New exactly. opportunities. And Scream is not on that list. The, new, the Scream yeah, sequel right? is not – I guess they didn't qualify for the tax incentive. Apparently. <laughs> Maybe they're spending a little too much money. On yeah. That, you know, but yeah. – but still, I mean, so don't, there's six that we know of that are getting ready to film by the end of October. That's yeah. insane. Okay. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Exciting. But now it is time for our guest segment, guys. We got the one and only Charlotte Larson coming on the show to talk about anything and everything she has done in the entertainment industry. She is from across the pond and made her way to California, rocking and rolling as an actor and a producer. She's been on multiple different things like documentaries, television projects, movie projects. It's super exciting and all the up-and-comers are going to see that if you put your mind to something, you can get the job done. Yes, and, and sometimes different paths. Like her goal was to come here and be an actor and that didn't work. So she's like, what else can I do to pursue my dream and then still be able to act at some point? Her story is really inspiring. It is. It is. Well, here she is. Charlotte Larson, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. I, I feel like you've been here forever. <laughs> How are you? 
I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Of course, of course. We're so super excited to talk to you today because you are just this mega epic person in the entertainment industry. I mean, you're an actress, <laughs> producer, a production company owner, and just it's so fabulous to have you on the show and pass a little bit of advice on to the up-and-comers trying to break into the entertainment industry. But what we like to do at the beginning of each uh, interview segment is have our guests tell us how they got started in the entertainment industry. Was it something I always wanted to do or did it come to you a little later in life or how'd you get started? Um, yeah, so I started, I guess, when I was um, when I was 10 years old, I did my first school play and, um, you know, I really loved it. I was um, really into English and drama and history at school and I did plays throughout school. And then when I... Uh, went to university I did a degree in film and theater and so I um you know was in I guess starting you know to learn the industry there uh-huh. and um I graduated and started my own production company and I had no idea what I was doing I just kind of you <laughs> yes. know was you know it, it's a fly or, or sink kind of situation you know we're still flying which is great and um yeah in order to get projects in the door I ended up falling into producing I ended up um you know, trying to produce the project so that I could do work on them and so on. And yeah, I really still wanted to be acting. I really was, you know, that was that was what I wanted to do way back from when. So, you know, I see my friends, I was going to plays and seeing them perform on stage. And, I'm, you know, I'm thinking this is something I still really want to do. So that was uh, how I ended up acting and then still continued on producing while I was at it. I love that. I mean, for, for a couple of things to take away from that right away. I, I love the whole it's either going to fly or sink because, you know, no, no reward <laughs> without risk. Exactly. Right. And one of my yeah. favorite quotes is, you know, just take the leap and the net will appear. But you've got to be brave enough to take Take the leap, and clearly you were. Yeah. So that's fantastic. And yeah. a- another thing I take away from that is because you, the the dream of acting never kind of went away. But you you were smart enough to understand sometimes you have to find a different route. You have to do what you need to do to facilitate till you get to where you want to go. And I, I think that it's brilliant the move that you made. And now you're able to do both. So just right out of the gate, very inspiring for anybody listening and trying yeah. to get into it. Yeah, it was it was. You know, a situation where I ended up producing and, and, you know, the acting thing was still what I really wanted to do. So, you know, I had to follow that instinct and, and carry on with that. Definitely, definitely. And we also see that you went to USC's producing and directing program and NY uh, Film Academy acting program. So, like, literally, you're balancing so many things at once. It's honestly really inspiring just to read your bio and even more so Thank talking you. to you, yeah. of course. Yeah, no, it was um, – you know, I've, I've done both, you know, acting training and film school training. Um, like I said, I had a film degree, film and theater. So that was a little bit of acting, a little bit of film production in, in both of those degrees, but um, mostly theoretical. It was a lot of um, auteur study and genre and all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, after I left university, I needed some more practical training. So USC for the, the producing and the filmmaking side and then New York Film Academy. I did a summer after high school and then... Um, you know, now I've, I've finished Stella Adler Academy of Training as well. So, uh, yeah, all the training on both sides. So uh, I got to ask, though, because, because you said theatrical and you were talking about theater uh, before you made the leap to the States. Was theater the direction that you wanted to go with the acting or was it always something where you saw yourself making the transition from theater to film and television? Or how did you balance that? Um, I think I always wanted to be in film or television, um, but a lot of training is theater based. So my theater degree, as I said, was, it was mostly, um, you know, theoretical. So I managed to, um, get a little bit of acting and we did a few productions throughout the year. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, that a lot of, 
uh, acting training is theater-based because that is, you know, that's originally where acting started. That's, you know, way back in ancient Greece, that's where it started. So, yeah, I think I wanted to do film and television, but my theatrical training was really, really grounding and really helpful and made it easy to transition to film and television. It's easier to go from theater to film than it is from film to theater. Mm, yeah, I was about to say, talk about that uh, transition a little bit, going from theater to on screen, because we always hear that theater performances, they're always trying to make sure they reach everybody in the back of the room. But with on screen performances, you got to be so like eloquent and so uh, like, on there, on there, on your spot. And uh, so what was that like trying to transition from theater to on screen? Yeah. Um, so theater, you know, as you said, you know, you have to kind of reach everybody and, you know, standing on a stage and it might be a small theater of 99 people or it might be, you know, several thousand people, but you still have to be big in your presence. You have to mm -hmm. make sure that, you know, people can hear you and, and that's not yelling, but that's projecting, but you need right. to be able to make sure that people can hear you and that people can see what you're doing from the back as well as from the front. And it's a lot easier. Um, and you know, this training also provides, you know, a way to do that is with acting theater, it's big and it's easier to go from big to small to bring it down. So you go to, um, with theater acting, you go too far. Mm -hmm. you, you make it as big as possible and you can always dial it back, but it's easier to do that than it is to start small and then try and get big. So it's definitely um, having a theater training for film and television is, is definitely an advantage. I bet. Now, now you come, you're clearly a creator. I mean, the creative side it shines through without doubt, but someone who has been on both sides of it, what do you think of the current state of the industry right now and the move towards streaming, the move towards, you know, with the boom of Netflix and all and Hulu and all these different streamers as a, as a creator, as somebody who who's been behind the camera in front of the camera, do you like the direction that the industry is going because you can, you can create your own content to both produce and star in, or do you find it tricky to navigate the way the industry is going right now? I think it has its advantages and its disadvantages. Um, you know, like anything, I think, um, having multiple streaming platforms is um, is making it a little easier for people who aren't attached to a big studio or anything like that. Um, it's easier for them to to get their work in in the door, so to speak. Um, I think that there is so much content that is needed and wanted by different various uh, streaming um, providers. Mm -hmm. You know, there's Netflix and there's Hulu and there's Amazon and there's all these other ones, which is great. So they're screaming out for content, which means that people can make content and, and get it out there, which is fantastic. But yeah, I think it's definitely, um, you know, I think that's definitely a positive, especially for people starting out. But I also think that there can be too much, uh, of, of things, you know, some of it is, is not as great as it could be because people are just wanting content. And, you know, I think sometimes not, not all the time, in fact, very rarely, but I think that that can be detrimental as well. Mm, uh, completely agree. It's all about the evolution of the industry, I mean, really. And I'm mean, with that evolution also brings us to our next question, social media, which could be like a double-edged sword at the moment. You could either say something that people really uh, resonate with or say something that people just have a completely towards like hate group against. So, I mean, what do you think about social media in this day and age? Is it something that you think is a tool or is it something that you use for personal use? Um, I mean, I don't really use it as much as most people think I should. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I mean, I have a Facebook, I have a Twitter I use sometimes, but, um, you know, I, I guess because I'm a little bit older, um, 
you know, I, I look older than I am, but um, <laughs> I mean, I look younger than I am. But I, I feel that you know, there is some good side to social media, but I'm just someone who's a little technophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's good in some ways, but I think that it has become so much. I feel also that it's made a lot of people be far too attached to their phones. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think and I think this whole quarantine COVID thing has kind of been a little bit of a blessing because it means people have to reconnect with people, you know, personally and physically as well. It's, it's getting off your phone and having to actually talk to people and not just being glued to a screen. Yeah, ag- agreed wholeheartedly. And and I, I love that. I love how you said that, you know, I don't use it as much as some people think I should. I think there's a big back and forth in the industry as to how important or not important it is. So it's always fun to hear somebody say that because, um, you know, it can, it can be good and bad. I also like yeah. how you addressed th- that sometimes too much of a good thing can be bad because I feel like a lot of these streamers, you bring up a really good point. It, it, right now, it seems to be quantity over quality because they're just trying to fill all this space because they need content and that can be dangerous yeah i mean i get a lot of um casting notices as well you know i'm I'm going to look for auditions and they come through and they're like please list your instagram name and i'm like i don't even have instagram so (laughs) that's not very helpful in in that it regards but i think it's also a plus because it means that i'm not constantly attached to my phone unless i'm actually working Exactly, exactly. I mean, we've talked to a lot of different people about it as well. And some of them say that it can be quite unhealthy to be so attached to your phone, especially in the acting game, because and I mean, the whole entertainment industry, because people can write nasty reviews at just like a click click of a second. Like it's absolutely insane. So I agree with you. I think that it should probably use be used in moderation and not as important as some people make it out to be. But I love people coming on and giving their stance on it because there's so many different like opinions on it yeah and um you know my my roommate is a good example because he puts his foot like he'll go out if he's going out to meet people you know back in the day when we were allowed to go into a restaurant right Right. um, (laughs) he would put his he would take his phone but he would leave it in the car and he would have his meal with his friends and he would have his good time and then he would get back to his phone in the car and if there were messages he would answer but people are like why didn't you answer me i texted you like an hour ago and he's like i didn't have my phone on me and people genuinely don't believe that he didn't have his phone on him (laughs) (laughs) you know we've had situations like that so um you know, he, we want to be in the moment. We, we're both of that kind of, you know, if we're out with friends, we want to pay attention to our friends. We don't want to be glued to our phone. Otherwise, why don't why don't we just stay home? Right, right. And especially in this industry, right? I mean, it, it's the art. We're supposed to be the escape, not the phone, right? We don't want people diving into the phone. We want people to watch what we're doing and see the art that we're creating. I mean... Yeah, and I th- I think it's especially important as an actor as well because being an actor is all about being other people and watching other people and learning about you know how people function and, and different characters and and it's all about observing and if you are on your phone you're not observing life around you and so you you kind of can't really do your work if that's if your phone is constantly the only thing that you look at. Mm, exactly. Exactly. And something that we really need to talk about is this documentary, We Need to Talk About AI. What What mm-hmm. is this one all about? Like, it just seems so interesting, especially the topic we're talking about with technology and the evolution of the industry. And let's just get a little generalized um, passage about what this one's about. Yeah. So it's a documentary that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's right there in the title. It's all about AI. It's, we, you know, we've had AI in various forms, um, you know, for, for many years. Technology has grown grown from you know from nothing essentially to to what we have now and ai includes a whole bunch of stuff 
um, you know, from, um, you know, little, my, I have a little uh, Roomba vacuum cleaner and that, you know, that's Mm -hmm. technically a robot and and that knows where it's going and it goes back to its dock to charge and so on. And, you know, that's a very specific form of AI. And this documentary goes into um, other aspects like general AI and what happens when the, the artificial intelligence becomes as smart or even smarter than humans Mm. and they when do we say no like what is the point where we stop and say this is enough so it kind of explores that um and it also talks about things like um driverless cars um and you know when you're driving a car as as a human being you have control and if something is approaching you you have to make ethical decisions you know hit the person that's crossing the street or swerve and hit the post and hurt right, the car right so to speak but driverless cars how do you make a driverless car make that ethical decision exactly. do you hit you know it's so you know there there's a whole lot of ethical and moral decisions around ai there's um you know what do we do when we get to a point where the ai is smarter than us mm-hmm. and you know and um it talks a lot about um, 2001: A Space Odyssey. It kind of starts at that point and says, "Well, this was this was what we envisioned, and now we're getting to this point. Like, how do we how do we stop this? And you know, who who has control of, of what happens? Wow. So yeah, this, it's a very um, it's a great documentary. It's on Prime right now. Oh I, yeah, I, I'm gonna go watch that. After Definitely. This, but I mean, that's a great like conversation starter. Like, I mean, because think about it. All, all the technology. Uh, places they're always trying to outdo what they did last time so what point is it too much i mean that's kind of scary to think about yeah yeah it's you know it it started back in the you know the 50s or whatever you know you have the jetsons and you know the cartoon with with the robot cleaner and they're set in space and all these other science fiction sort of artificial intelligence ideas that came that we're now kind of saying well they're not really science fiction they're they're kind of science fact so yeah how do we deal with this and and what what do we do from here love it love it and that's the fun that's the beauty in documentary filmmaking right to start a conversation to put something out there and have people address it i I think it's one of the best forms of art to to get out there because it sparks conversation um do, do you have a medium that you prefer more do you like the documentary style filmmaking or are you more for the 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 entertainment con content or do you like to balance both because I, I feel like some people as filmmakers they kind of fall into a this is who i am this is my avenue you know and i'm always curious to see what people think about that yeah um i mean i'm all about the story so if it's a good story and you know it could a documentary is a story as well you know it, it's yep. it's not a narrative it's not a narrative but it, they have narratives you know they have a beginning middle end um but i think as long as the story the idea is something that um is thought-provoking is something that is going to be um for the audience to either think about and be like oh i relate to that this is this is about me this is me up there or it's something they haven't thought about something they haven't related to before but they can go oh that's interesting i never thought about that i think whatever medium it comes across in if it's whether it's a tv series drama or it's a documentary or it's a sitcom you know i think that's if that's comes across in any of those mediums then that's really what my job is yes. so I, I think yeah anything anything that gets that message across that people can think and you know be pro- 
have their thoughts provoked and start discussions. I think however you do it, your you know your job is done. <laughs> you can't see how large we're smiling right now, right, like. <laughs> but I'm an old school guy, and the second you said it's all about story, I like jumped out of my seat and was cheering. I'm like, yes, a filmmaker who gets it. You know, it's not right. all about explosions and fireworks. It's about story. Damn it! Yeah, like I'm, I love yeah. that. I'm all about the characters and the feelings. You know, I'm an emotional person, so, you know, I'm, I'm very much into, you know, I want to cry, I want to laugh, I want to think about things that I've never explored before, so... You know, that, that's just me, and, you know, a lot of people are like, just give me a car chase, and, and you know, and I'm, they're fine, but, you know, I, if it's about this, if the story's great, as long as it's about the story, you know, I'm there. Yes, and you, you nailed it. I feel like when I'm watching a movie, I want to connect with somebody. I want to watch it and say, I'm that person, or I know that person, because that's what gets me personally invested in the film, and I think it's yeah, so absolutely. important. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I totally think that... You know, our jobs as filmmakers, we are storytellers. And, you know, it might even be that, um, you know, it's something that you don't relate to. Like, I, I've i never been an astronaut, but there are actors who have played astronauts and right. who have told that story. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, that's that's not something I've experienced, but that's something I can experience through them. And that's something that I can say, yeah, I don't understand it, but I, I know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, you're based out of Los Angeles right now, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. So how, how's the climate there right now? Is the entertainment industry behind the scenes still rocking and rolling, like trying to put things together for the future, or is kind of everything just kind of stalled? Um, it's kind of doing its own thing. It's it's going, but it's going slowly. Like I've had auditions for things, and they're saying, oh, we were going to shoot it, but now it's going to be the end of the year. Mm, yeah. Um, so things are still kind of working behind the scenes. I don't know exactly like what is shooting right now. I know there have been some things and then we we're still kind of in that what are we doing situation, but things are still going. It's it's great. It's it's kind of a blessing in disguise because um we have, you know, a lot of writers. We have a lot of people in in um production behind the scenes. So we can be working on stuff from home. We can, you know, writers are writing scripts. There's going to be a ton of content coming out as soon as this is all over, we can start shooting again. Towards the end of the year, there's going to be so much that's released, which is great because everyone's going to be ready to go back to work as soon as we're allowed to. So, yeah, it's kind of a blessing in disguise and things are still kind of happening a little bit. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, it's a day by day thing. I love that, though. I mean, still keeping a positive attitude, very the positivity is radiating out of your voice. So I'm just <laughs> I'm happy to hear that, because like we said, I we see that so many working actors and actresses like they don't have jobs right now. And if they try to get a day job, especially in Los Angeles or California, that a lot of places are shut down. So it's good to see that they're staying mentally healthy and continuing to progress in other projects that aren't necessarily like about to shoot or anything like that so i'm glad to hear that coming from someone like yourself definitely yeah yeah and i think it's important you know as you said to know mental health is very important especially when you're isolated you're stuck at home you can't do things you can't do a day job but i think it's a good opportunity for creatives you know even actors who might not be shooting something to make your own content like write something you can even shoot little like videos and put them on facebook or whatever and you know just make your own little things with your iphone you can just shoot yourself in your yard doing something so i think i think there are a lot of opportunities for actors um you know if we're not necessarily on a set make your house your set you know start a little youtube channel or whatever it is and you know keep busy keep your craft going 
and you know writers are at home and even producers can be doing things from home and and i think there's a lot of work that's we can still be doing i love that i love that and here's a question that we've never asked on the podcast before so i hope you're ready okay Okay. Okay. (laughs) what shows are you watching right now i mean because you're a very creative person so i'm very intrigued to see what type of things you're watching right now in the quarantine climate oh my goodness i have been watching so much television it's it's crazy (laughs) us too Um, and i yeah and i'm watching every like i'm binge watching the whole series in like a weekend which is and then i'm like what else do i watch I have right <laughs> but um yeah i just finished watching even this morning um defending jacob on apple tv oh i heard yeah. that so good yeah. chris evans yep yeah 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 so great um i started watching dickinson as well mm. um also on apple tv i just finished watching the first season of zoe's extraordinary playlist oh yes um, yes <laughs> i yeah i when we first went into all this uh, quarantine back in March. I, I'd never seen Homeland, so I watched that whole entire series. Um, I yeah, I've been watching everything and anything. <laughs> that is some serious yeah. diversity right there. That right? is range. <laughs> I'm just like that list yeah. of shows. Yeah, don't feel bad though. There was some I hadn't seen either. I like I just discovered Lucifer during quarantine, and you know oh, was yeah, uh, absolutely I loved it. So you know, th- I guess there's some yeah. perks to this thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't feel guilty about not going out and doing things because you're not allowed to. So exactly. it's like, you know, I, I, I can't go to the gym today, so I'm going to have to sit here and watch another episode of so, <laughs> Always sparking yeah. ideas, though, right? I mean, as a creator, it always helps to watch things and, 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 and absorb it all in to get some ideas and spark some stuff, right? Yeah, and you know, my problem as a producer is that when I watch a TV series or a film or anything like that, I look at the actors and I go, oh, wow, like, I need to work with that actor. And yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm constantly thinking, like, oh, I need, to, I need a project with this actor, and I have this project, and this actor will be really great for it. So I'm constantly analyzing even while I'm watching. So <laughs> Love it. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes a good thing, sometimes not. Yeah, I mean, it's all research, <laughs> right? It's all research. I mean, that's, very, yeah. Yeah. that's what we try to do to get people on the show. Like, I mean, it's just great. It's very like-minded, though. You are a very like-minded. You would fit right into the crazy ant farm you and would. just be rocking and rolling. <laughs> Your whole philosophy about how you approach – like I said, I literally cheered when you said story. Yeah. It was just <laughs> – like, I just love the positivity and the attitude and your just whole approach about everything. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you guys anytime, so oh. – you know, of course, <laughs> we really freaking appreciate it. But you um, keep talking the way you are, we might have a project for you, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, because we are also a we are also a production company and have multiple things in uh, previous or multiple stages of development. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, this is awesome. I love it. You're a great yeah, individual. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but uh, what you got coming up? I mean, of course, after all this quarantine stuff, or what you what you working on at the moment? Um, yeah, I have um a TV series that I'm working on um with my my roommate and best friend who i've been stuck with for the last few months <laughs> yeah so it's, it's, it's kind of a kind of a blessing um but he's a writer and actor a great talented guy called michael benzea and um i'm producing a tv series that he's written called neon lights um which we started to kind of do a little bit of production on before everything shut down yeah and now we're a little bit now we're on hold, um, but we're going to get back to that very soon. Um, very excited about that. It's a great project, and um, yeah, I hope to get that 
back up and running as soon as we can. And then I have a few other projects as well. So I'm I'm definitely, you know, keeping busy. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, though. I mean, that's what you got to do. I mean, just everything that you said in this interview is truly inspiring, especially like just keep going no matter what, no matter where you are. If you're in the countryside in England, if you're in Los Angeles, if you're in New York, theater, actor, on stage, act, or uh, on screen actor, I should say, anywhere. I mean, you just keep going. And that's what I love. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, of course. And what we like to do at the end of every interview is ask our guests to leave the up-and-comers with a little piece of advice. What would you say that would probably be the most beneficial thing to help them break into the industry? And what would you say to – what are the pitfalls to try to avoid? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone, yeah mm, don't, don't do it. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyone who's kind of wanting to get into, I guess, producing or the industry in general, um, producing is something a lot of people don't consider. They want to be like the director or the actor. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, producing is something that, you know, someone might want to think about as, as, you know, especially if you're more of a, a business brain or a more kind of analytical brain, you know, producing is great for that. Um, and I think anyone trying to get into the industry, just, you don't have to go to a film school, but you can just get some friends together and make a short film. Um, you can, you know, even if it doesn't really go anywhere, make a one minute film on your iPhone, mm -hmm. um, just put together little projects, call up film schools, call up, um, film departments at colleges and universities, um, call up production companies and say, Hey, like I want to, I want to be a, a, a you know, producer one day or a director one day. But right now, can I come and work on your set? Can I be a production assistant? Can I can I do anything to be on set? And that way you make contacts. You learn the process as well as you're going. Even if you're just sitting there making coffee for, for the cast and crew, it's being on the set and learning how it works. But be observant while you're doing it. So get the director his coffee and then sit back and watch what he does. Yes. How does he work? How does he work with the actors? You know, don't just sit there and be like filing your nails or on your phone again. You know, be, be there to learn. And I think that's a way to, to kind of start out. You can, you know, um, you can go to a film school, but you don't necessarily have to. But being on a set is not only going to get you that experience, it's going to get you contacts. You're going to meet mm -hmm. the director. You're going to meet the producer. And they go, hey, you are really great. We want to use you on our next production. And after, you know, five or six times, it's like, hey, like, do you want to try something else? And you, Or you can say to them, look, you know, I've been doing this for a little while now. Can I can I learn from you? Can I can I work in this department? Can I see what's going on here? And that's that's kind of how you get into to what you want to do. I love that. I love that. It's very much a teaching industry. Uh, we keep hearing people say so. That's that's great to hear. And yeah. What pitfalls? Yeah, I'm still I'm still learning too, and I've been doing this a while, and you know I've made a lot of uh, films and and things, and I've been on stage and screen and acting and, and, and different things, and every every project every. Um, production is a different experience and I'm like wow okay I didn't know that and so <laughs> yeah exactly I'm, you know I'm yeah I have you know a, a list of feature film credits and so on and every project is different I, I have different challenges each time and different problems and different um, experiences I did a film in Mexico and I was in a Mexican jail um, cell wow. that's an experience so, yeah right there <laughs> yeah, and, and, you, and you kind of look and you go oh wow like this is something I've never experienced before and you know learning how the prison system works in Mexico is completely different from the prison system in the United States or oh, any right. other country in the world. So, yeah, and you go, oh, wow, that was something that I would never have experienced if I was just sitting in an office in California going, what, you know, filing exactly. papers. 
Exactly. Yeah, well, and so. what I like about what you said at the very beginning of it too was, you know, knock on the doors, make the phone calls. Because I feel like a lot of people think, well, no doors are opening for me, so it's not going to happen. Right. Sometimes you have to open the doors. You have to Absolutely. make those phone calls. You have to, you know, go to those places. And I love that advice. That That's great advice. And uh, like yeah. Logan said, what pitfalls do you think? What, what, what are some things they definitely need to look out for? Because it can be a shady industry. Let's be honest about it. It can, it, you know, there are people out there that will take advantage of you. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, like if you find, you know, if you're wanting to produce or you wanting to write or whatever, especially in LA and California, there everyone you know is a writer or an actor or a producer. So find your friends who who do that. Make a little one minute iPhone video, whatever. M- make it. It doesn't do anything, but make another one that's five minutes after that. Make one that's ten minutes. Put it in a festival. It's easy enough to submit to festivals online and, and so on. So I think, though, that the most important thing to do is to find those people that you want to work with that are going to help you rise. You don't want to be around people who are like, I'm in this for the fame and the money. I don't care who I step on and I'm going to step on you. Um, You know, I think you need to find people who genuinely want to work on their craft and want to rise to the top, but doing it, you know, helping others with them, making sure that you go, hey, like I'm making it but I've been working with you since day one and I want to see you come with me. I think that is really something that you should focus on and try and try and keep, keep going throughout your career. I work with the same people over and over because of that. And, you know, I think that helps me not just in my work, but in my everyday life as well, because I'm so much more in tune with everything. And I, my, I can focus on my work a lot more as well because I'm not surrounded by people who are trying to bring me down. Absolutely. Ooh, that's so good. That's so good. I'm so <laughs> pumped up right now. Ooh, thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming on the show of and course. spending a little time with us. Um, and honorary crazy aunt, you right here. I I'm mean, telling you, it fits right in, right? Yeah, like, seriously. I Any, think, no. Anytime you want to come back on and just like talk yeah, about anything, shoot the shit. Yeah. Like we talk, we have an industry news segment. We go uh, deep dive into that, give our thoughts and opinions. And I think you'd be great for that. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, anytime. Fantastic. You let me know. And I, look, I think I. I can speak for both of us when I say we will definitely be reaching out because I, 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 I know we want to work with you in the future at some yes. point. You yeah, just sound sure. absolutely amazing. It's no doubt you're Thank rising you. really quick and rightfully so. And um, yeah, just brilliant. Brilliant interview. Great. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun talking to you guys. Oh, you bet. Awesome. You have a great rest of the day now. and We'll be uh, reaching out to you soon. Thank you. Bye. So good, man. So good. A real up and comer trying to get her foot in the door either any way she can. Like she's really kicking some ass. Yeah, that whole interview, it just sounded like, you know, this didn't go. So I'm going to go here and I'm going to do that. And just kicking down doors. She's that perfect example of like, if it doesn't work, make it work. Kick it down, you know, get just, yeah, really inspiring. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you again, Charlotte Lawson for coming on the show. All right. Now it is time for the top five segment, man. Mm. Oof. Uh, brought to you by our podcast producer, Jason, who has just been killing it recently, man. Dude, man. It, it. They're getting harder and harder, though. Like, they are. I mean, this this one was tough because there's so many good ones in this category. There is. There is. Uh, this week, it is top five courtroom dramas. Goddamn. Yeah, hey. and he limited because he said just film. Just film. I'm like, damn. Yeah. I guess I, maybe that's a good thing, though, because if you added in TV there, we'd have been here forever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, uh, uh, it's intense, man. It's intense. Top. Well, my number five goes to 12 Angry Men, the original, black yes. and white. It's just so damn good, man. If you're a filmmaker and if you have not seen this movie, 
what the fuck? Um, mm. Just so many like great aspects, and I mean, so many television shows, so many different like films have used their technique that this this film like put in place. Like, so it was just so amazing to see, and of course, Daddy Fonda. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the legend himself. Um, you're right. Three Ten to Yuma is the most recent that I can think of that used the technique of of shrinking the room yeah. with the camera to make you feel like you're in there and and feeling the emotions. Um, it's a brilliant piece of filmmaking, and it's one of the first films that took place entirely in one location. Yeah, the entire film is shot in the jury room. So um, it, it's it's crazy. You know how hard it is to film an entire movie in one room. Yeah, like um, it's just I, yeah. That is my number five as well. Yeah, um, because it's just like like you said. If if you're a fan of movies, if you're a cinephile, you you should be watching this movie if you have not. But I feel like it's a great depiction of people just trying to talk and get their opinions to cross to other people who may or may not want to listen. Because, I mean, we all know that one juror did not want to fucking sway his vote. He did not. So it's just such a good, like, adaptation of what society is and what life is, uh, trying to explain your opinions to other people and how sometimes people just might not understand. But, I mean, for the greater morality and the greater cause, like, it's worth it, man. It's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Uh, And and again, you know, we say courtroom dramas, but this (laughs) took place in the jury room yeah. of the courtroom. So, I mean, it's, yeah, Ooh, epic, epic. So good. I mean, should I just go to my number four now? I mean, is it that Yeah, yeah, no, five? I mean, that was my number five also. <laughs> yeah. What's your number four? My number four goes to Philadelphia. Oh, mm. I mean, of course, of course, Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington. I mean, this is such a great movie, especially in a time where AIDS was like, a taboo i guess you would say not a lot of people were like even wanting to talk about it or it was only the gay disease yeah and like like, people discriminating against people like losing his job and like all these different things like so this movie came out at such a beautiful perfect time so i yeah of course it's going to be on my list tom hanks of course i've said before what the best actor of our generation by far like i think he's an amazing amazing actor um and didn't he win an award for this one is oh this yeah the one he, won, he won the oscar yeah yeah denzel washington i mean just like antonio banderas it's, i mean phenomenal freaking cast yeah i mean just hard to watch though it is hard to if watch you, uh even the the boss bruce springsteen won an oscar for this for the song streets of philadelphia um just it's tough though the transformation that Hanks makes in this film. Yeah. To going from healthy to dying of AIDS is just terrifying. It is. It is absolutely terrifying and gut wrenching to watch. But you're right. One of the and yeah the the, the uh, mm, mm, I don't even know. I don't have it's words for it. It's a lot. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. It just it brings it floods back bad memories for me watching it just because of situations. But uh, it, it's it's one of those films that will have you talking. It will make you feel. It will, it will, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a brilliant piece of filmmaking. Must see, must see. Definitely. Uh, my number four is the film that probably spawned more lawyers than any other film in history. If you saw this movie, you wanted to become a lawyer. You know what I'm talking about? Addis Fitch himself, Gregory Peck, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, If you watch this film and did not want to be a lawyer, something was wrong. I'm just saying. It's exactly what you were just talking about with with 12 Angry Men. It's the idea of this guy going in and against all odds, against all things to know to be, 
convincing other people of his idea that this is what happened. This is how it should be. The whole argument in court to sway a jury. And it's just absolutely brilliant. It is. To Kill a Mockingbird, just unbelievable the, the the novel obviously was insane but but the film even more so it's just it's some of the best filmmaking i've ever seen and i think in my opinion a lot of jury movies and even a couple more that i have on my list and probably you have on your list inspired by to kill a mockingbird Definitely. without doubt so um if just the story of a black man wrongfully accused yeah um, especially in that time period where you can imagine like that happened so many times or i mean flip-flop it to where there was violence against a white person or violence against a black person by a white person and got acquitted like mm-hmm. emmett till situation like right so mm. Oh, man, that was another one that could have been on the list. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, To Kill a Mockingbird, just unbelievable. So good, man, so good. Uh, my number three goes to a more recent film, Just Mercy. Mm. So damn good. Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Foxx, Brie Larson. I mean, the cast is absolutely amazing, and, I mean, the story is even better. I mean, we come from the south, uh, Mississippi, New Orleans, Alabama, that area. So, and, I mean, for it to take place in this town where, like, it was really close to home, and, I mean, this shit is still going on. So, I mean, it's crazy. It's an amazing story. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, please stop what you're doing after the show and go see this movie because I, Just Mercy is one of the best of the past year. I'm pretty sure that road that he drives down, you know, is it, showing the stark differences in the neighborhoods. But that one road that he drives down when he's getting the Jamie Foxx's character's house, that's still there. Yeah. Oh, and, and For sure. It, it was not fake. No. That, that, that's like, that's that road. That's that neighborhood. That's those people. And it still exists today. It's just mm. – I'm with you though. I, I just think one of the best of right now. And Michael B. Jordan should have won an Oscar. I agree. That's all I'm saying. He should have <laughs> finally gotten his Oscar there and he didn't. So we're a little upset about yeah, that. Yeah, just saying. Um, just great film. Great, great film. All right. My number three was also on my list of surprises. You remember our movie category, surprise thrillers? Like, you know, uh, what? Well, Primal Fear. Yeah. Again, it, it's 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 Richard Gere and Edward Norton and about the, you know, the altar boy that's accused of killing the priest and you think he's like this, you know, he's got a split personality and you think that the main guy in control is a little scary stuttering kid and everything. But no, it's a psychopathic killer. He's in control. Mm. And the whole back and forth courtroom scene and the argument and seeing Richard Gere's character defending him this whole time thinking that it the main character, the main guy in control is the stuttering kid and finding out that that's not the case and that he's been manipulated in court the entire time by the psychopathic killer it's just epic it's yeah i I just laura linney is in it i I just a fantastic fantastic courtroom drama and just one that you don't see coming and i would highly recommend it highly recommend it primal fear definitely Definitely. Well, my number two goes to another more recent film. Uh, came out uh, less than ten years ago, maybe around five, maybe around six. Uh, the Judge, mm. Robert Downey Jr., Robert Duvall, Billy Bob Thornton, Vincent D'Onofrio, Jeremy Strong, Dax Shepard. 
I could go on and on, guys. This freaking movie is so damn good, especially, like, if you have that connection to where you may or may not have an estranged father and then coming back to try to help them out in any possible way you can because at the end of the day, that is your dad. So, I mean, even if you have, like, that estranged relationship, like, The Judge is such a phenomenal movie. I'm not sure if people know the premise of it, but uh, RDJ, a lawyer coming back to his hometown in Indiana where his... His, uh, his dad, the judge of this small town, is just like going down, going downhill because he's got um, – I forget what disease it uh, was. Cancer. Cancer. Yeah. He had cancer and uh, was making some wrong calls in the, in the courtroom and, of course, may or may have not have killed somebody because of the cancer and like not remembering it. Yep. So just an amazing movie, guys. If you have not seen The Judge, definitely take the time to watch that one as well. All of these are must-see. I mean, definitely, and and the work between RDJ and Robert Duvall is just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, the the, the shower scene is oh. just oh my gosh, yeah. it's so unbelievably intense and and phenomenal, and so many stories behind that film. Nicholson was supposed to be in Duvall's place, mm. and apparently that didn't work out. He wanted too many changes to the character, and yeah. they just weren't having it. So, um, but just brilliant. I don't think anybody could have pulled it off better than Duvall. Yeah, I so agree. um, just mm, 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 good film, man. Good film my number two is one of the ones that i was talking about wholeheartedly inspired by to kill a mockingbird and i'm talking about a time to kill mm. with all right all right all right matthew mcconaughey and samuel l jackson and sandra bullock and ashley judd and just an amazing cast about again a black man wrongfully accused um in the south and you know judge jury and executioner seem to be all the same person in the south um, so Matthew McConaughey stands up and, and, and goes to court for this guy and, and, and it just ends up becoming an epic courtroom drama and suspense filled and danger and um, just – I think some of the best courtroom dramas ever are the ones that deal with the South yeah. and, and, and wrongful you know accusations. It's just – it's scary. But if you haven't seen this movie, I would highly recommend it. It's absolutely brilliant and uh, I think what launched Matthew McConaughey into superstardom. Yeah, you know he had had a few hits before that, obviously, but I just think this one took him over the top. People were like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah. So such a good movie. Uh, time to kill. Yes, definitely, definitely. Well, my number one goes to Sleepers. Sleepers. I mean, coming from Hell's Kitchen. I mean, Robert De Niro, Kevin Bacon, Brad Pitt, Jason Patrick, uh, Billy Crudup. Uh, who just won an Emmy, by the way, for the Apple's morning show. Apple's first Emmy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and uh, uh, just so many, so many good actors. But, of course, I mean, being uh, boys, boys being boys and doing something they shouldn't have done, uh, taking the hot dog cart and it going down the stairs, uh, down the subway uh, stairs and accidentally running somebody over. So they get sent up to a boy's home, and while they're at the boy's home, they get molested by the guards. Mm. And then, like... Uh, years and years go by after they got out and after all this passed. Um, two boys of the four boys turn into gangsters and they find the main guard and they kill him. So that's what they went to court for. But while in court, they were able to expose the molestation ring and were able to expose all these guards who got away from all these accusations and got away from everything like that and to get acquitted from the murder charge. So, I mean, that's always a good thing, but it's always—it's payback. It's always an eye for an eye type of thing, and I love those type of movies because – 
revenge is so good. <laughs> Not mm. to be cynical or evil or anything, but when you get that revenge or when you see something happen to you from, you know, it's just, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. And of course, Brad Pitt. Everybody knows I love Brad Pitt. <laughs> there it was. Yeah. I was waiting. I was waiting. I was yeah. waiting. <laughs> All right. Good choice, though. Good choice. Um, you want the truth? No. I can't handle it. No, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> My number one, hands down, by far, I think many would agree, but for me, hands down, the best courtroom drama ever, ever. Ever? That's all I'm saying. Ever. A few good men. Mm. A few good men. Yeah. Why? Because deep down in places you don't want to talk about, you need that movie on your TV. You <laughs> want that movie on your TV. Uh, just this that scene alone, you know, the whole did you order the code red and the whole back and forth. Just, the entire movie is brilliant, but just that scene yeah. makes the whole thing worth it. Nicholson and Cruz and Demi Moore and Kevin Bacon and just like these freaking phenomenal cast and the brilliant Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, of I course. mean the the, the 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 dialogue there is just insane. Um a lot of dialogue that you would probably not get away with in a movie today. Oh no. Um the whole thing where he say you sit there in your faggoty white uniform oh, yeah, and that's just, not... that would never fly today, but just it's it's classic Nicholson at his best. It's probably Cruz at his best. Um just absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant about the code red ordering of the death of a, a Marine um, in Guantanamo Bay. Uh, you guys, if you haven't seen it, what the fuck? Yeah, seriously. Just, like, my number one, A Few Good Men. Such a good pick, man. Such a good pick. Well, guys, what are your top five courtroom dramas? We want to know. Be sure to comment on the YouTube video because we're back on YouTube right now. You yes. can see our smiling faces or on the podcast uh <laughs> You know, the podcast apps, wherever you listen to your podcast. And just comment in the description, all those good things, and we appreciate you because Absolutely. we like the fan interaction and we want to know what's your favorite type of courtroom drama or film in general. I mean, surprisingly, my cousin Vinny wasn't on either one of our picks. Oh my I, god, yeah! My cousin Vinny and freaking... Um, I bet a lot of the Utes out there love that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But super surprised, man. Super surprised. Thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to do all the YouTube things. Like, subscribe, ring that bell, all of it. We appreciate you. Get crazy. Stay crazy. Oh, man. But now it is time for the box office recap. Mm. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's just, it's slow. Like we've been talking it's about. With, slow. With no freaking, like, Ah, movies blockbusters coming out it's really slow like tenant it's been out for like a month now or three weeks a month and uh it still stayed at number one and it it came in at number one for 4.7 million new mutants still at number two with 1.8 infidel with 1.4 unhinged with 1.3 and the broken hearts gallery with 802,000 mm. it's so funny to me to say that the number one movie for the entire weekend 4.8 million. Yeah. I mean, that's not even what it would make on a Thursday night preview in the normal box mm. office, you know, pre-COVID. It would not It would make five times that in a Thursday night preview. Right. But now for the whole weekend. Yeah. It, it's super crazy. S- yeah. Man. Scary. Super crazy. Um, I guess new movies you can still go see at uh, select theaters and drive-ins and all those good places. Malibu Road, um, The Break the Silence, Ava, 
um, Chameleonaire and um, The Last Shift. And movies you can still go see are the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, Bill and Ted Face the Music, Alone, The Personal History of David Copperfield, uh, Words on the Bathroom Walls, and The Secrets We Keep. Mm. I, I just don't know. I'm just going to stay off of the predictions for now. Oh, yeah. It's I, impossible. It's just so bad. Yeah, it's impossible. So bad. I'd like to know where you people can still see these movies. Right. Because <laughs> we can't see them and we, we're not happy about it. No, we can't see any of them. <laughs> oh, man. But now heading over to IMDb Pro's top trending segment. Oh, man. You guys know we love this app. It's literally what myself, JLo Fantastic, The Mouth, and... Jason, we use to fill up industry news and do all of our amazing things every single week. By no surprise, uh, the movie, the top trending movie this week is The Devil All the Time. Tom mm-hmm. Holland's, uh, Robert Pattinson's, uh, Jason Clark's, like mm-hmm. such a great, great film, dark as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And Check if it you out. want to hear some great behind-the-scenes stories about that movie, uh, an upcoming guest, and yeah, yeah, we may or may not have a star from that movie to tell you some pretty good stories about Jason Clark. Yeah, man. Stay, Stay tuned, tuned for that. <laughs> Stay tuned. It is a crazy film, though. Have you watched it yet? I have not. Whoo, Pattison is just like, mm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> Batman and Spider Man are both kind of creepy. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> They're two creepy guys. Oh, that's so funny. Um, the top tree tree. Trending TV show is The Boys, rocking and rolling for its second season. And of course, with that being said, the top trending star is Aaron Aaron Moriarty. She's rocking and rolling with that as well. I mean, taking a more impactful role the second season, it looks like. Most definitely. So, Her and Jack Quaid are just like ripping it up right now. They, yeah. they, they are like just exploding onto the scene. And I think huge careers are going to be for them for years and years and years. Yeah. Just talented as shit. Agreed, man. Agreed. Mm. Super exciting to see. Well, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 131 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We got to thank our guest one more time, Charlotte Larson, for yes. coming on and getting a little crazy. Uh, be sure to follow her anywhere and everywhere. I'm sure she has a website. Check her out on her website. Uh, check out her documentaries and all those amazing things she has going on. Ooh, that uh, documentary about AI. Oh, it's Ooh. creepy. It's yeah, crazy. It's just, yeah, it's mm-mm. super scary. <laughs> Watch that and you'll be like, uh-uh. Yeah, not, right? I'm never turning Alexa on again. Ever again. <laughs> They're watching. They're all watching. That's right. Uh, be sure to follow the company on social media at crazy ant media be sure to follow the podcast on social media at itcalf podcast you can follow us both personally on social media myself at jlo fantastic and crazy ant guy 1970 that's right and, and what? just what if you add one more to that mix jeremy gordon jeremy just gordon. saying you're automatically entered into the contest that's right that's right and of course the contest after following all five <laughs> of those accounts be sure to comment on the promotional post so that we know you're entered remember guys that contest ends 10-2 next friday mm. october 2nd no, we're going to start putting that out there a lot. I mean, we've been promoting oh, yeah. it, but now we want to let you guys know it ends next week. It ends next week. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbean, and so many more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hi! Thank you for watching it on YouTube. Be sure to like the video, subscribe, ring that bell, do all those amazing YouTube things, and continue to 
uh, love and support us because we appreciate it. We need our um, sugar daddies. And be sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. You can't find any sugar daddies there. No, you no. Can't. It's you not can't. that kind of a website. No, no. Um, click on the merchandise tab and check out our new designs. We appreciate everybody for um, helping us soar Yes, and this cells. guy's got some cool Christmas designs Super coming excited. with Bonk, man. Super it's excited. gonna be really fun. We're gonna be releasing those designs um, uh, Thanksgiving night, so there be you go. sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, super excited about that. But I mean, there there was a lot of good stuff to talk about on the show today. There was a lot of good stuff. Honestly, the guest segments are always so good. The top fives are always so good. But um, I don't I don't know. There's so much to there's so much to think about. I'm super happy um, that the Watchmen finally got an Emmy for a limited series and mm. a super comic book show is finally getting acknowledgement because I mean we're in the day and age where superhero shows are the thing. So I mean of course they need their acknowledgement, especially from the award shows. But um the Netflix stuff, the Disney stuff all that good stuff. I'm excited to see the Rogue One series happen too. Yes, without doubt, without doubt. Uh, I agree with you. The guest segment, always one of my favorite parts of the show. And you guys know, man, full-out comic geek. So the the whole idea of all the Marvel stuff that we talked about, even being pushed back, it's just still exciting to know it's all coming. And the WandaVision trailer. Man, I was so stoked about the WandaVision trailer. I mean, Vision in his throwback comic book costume and shit. Man, just so exciting. Uh, I love talking about that shit yeah i love i just can't get enough yeah i can't get enough and uh, the fact that you know i i, I just I, I don't know <laughs> marvel kicks ass that's yeah. all i'm saying that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying you know who else kicks ass the one and only oh that matters that's right oh bro, bro!